Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Matt. Good morning, everybody. Wow, you're ready to get it. Let's go. Okay, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 14 today. If you want to grab a Bible, get it on your Bible app. You might also want to grab a pen and a paper or the program or an open a notes uh, app on your phone because there's going to be a bunch of things I'm going to tell you that I can't talk about that I'm going to tell you to write down, okay? So um, while you guys are getting all that stuff around, has anybody ever seen on TV like paid programming, like an infomercial, it's 30 minutes long? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, so it's usually like they come on like, ever had this happen? And it's like the paint spills on the floor or you're all tangled in your garden hose kind of thing, right? Uh, so, they, so they go through the process in this 30-minute infomercial. Uh, they present this problem we can all relate to. And then they say, but now there's... And it's, yeah, the paint zoom or, or the thing that keeps your hose in a pocket. I forget what it's called. I think it's called the pocket hose. Those kinds of things, right? And so, um, you know, it, it, we have this messy problem, but now there's this amazing solution. And the whole point of the infomercial is to get you to buy in, right? I need that. I want that. I have to have that, right? Everybody tracking with that? Just so you know, full disclosure, you're about to hear a 30-minute infomercial by me trying to get you to buy into the Holy Spirit of God. All right? Full disclosure, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to sell you on something, and I'm trying to sell you on something good, okay? So that is what the day is going to look like, just so you know. So who's ready? Anybody ready? Oh, my word, I'm so ready. Okay, so we're going to start off with this quote. It's going to come up on the screen. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. Anybody know who this quote is about? Somebody get her, is there candy somewhere? She needs a prize. It's about Satan. Yeah, it's a quote about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. And the person who said it was Jesus. Look, she just got a prize. Okay, so all I could see at first was the tissue, and that felt odd. It was a Danish on a tissue, so that's better. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but that's great. Thanks for giving her a prize. Yeah, he was a murderer from the beginning. Jesus says this about Satan in John 8, 44. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So in our infomercial, this is the point where I was like, this is the problem, right? This is the problem. This is our messy problem. The problem is we have an enemy who's working against us, Satan. And this is the mess that we have to navigate. He's lying. He's deceiving. He's murderous. He's destructive. But wait, now we have the Holy Spirit, right? We have the Holy Spirit of God, He's the solution to the problem. And he's not just one solution to the problem. He's the ultimate answer. He's a massive weapon against this enemy. 
Now, uh, many or most of us may have heard about the Holy Spirit. When I grew up, I grew up in a church where they called him the Holy Ghost, which was very confusing um, as a child. Anybody? Holy Ghost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't answer for that, but it, it was confusing. Um, and we might have, you know, come to some understanding like, oh, he seems important. They always mention him, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. But no, like he is essential, absolutely essential. He is the one who not only roots us on, but he is the one who combats the schemes of this enemy and helps us in this mess. So the plans of the enemy are simple. He is doing everything he can, Satan is doing everything he can to keep us from being connected to and loving and worshiping Jesus. It's real simple. He's going to do everything he can to steal worship and affection from Jesus. Now, I would really love, 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 I really, really, really wish I had the time to talk today about John 10, which talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, and it talks about how the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus came that we could have life. I would really love to talk about that, but I can't. And so you're going to want to read that on your own, so it's going to come up on the screen. Scriptures I want to talk about but I can't, so you should read it on your own. So you can write that on your paper, John 10. Because I got a lot to say. And I've only got supposedly 30 minutes, but it's fine. Okay. Jesus makes a way for us to have life and connection with him. The first way he did this was through his redemptive work on the cross. So God sees us, and we are sinful, and we know that the penalty for sin is death, and God loves us and doesn't want us to die, so he sends his son, because he loves us so much, to die for us. And Jesus does that on the cross, takes care of all that. He's a sacrifice for our sins. So that's the first way he connects us to him. And then the second way is that he sends the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, Jesus says this, which is legit. Okay, very truly I tell you. Jesus says, it is for your good that I'm going away. Which feels weird to me. If I was the disciples, I'd be like, wait, what? But Jesus says, it's good for you that I'm going away because unless I go, the advocate, who's a reference to the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So that tells me, wow, I should probably be more attentive to the Holy Spirit. I should really press in to try to figure out that. So that's what we're doing today. The sermon series is called The Red Stuff, Exploring the Exceptional Words of Jesus. And Pastor Matt started this last week. And if you haven't heard that message, you might want to jump online and hear it. It's great stuff. But today, we're going to look closely at exceptional words of Jesus in regard to the Holy Spirit. It's going to be from John 14, verses 15 through 17, and 26 through 27. And it's going to come up on the screen in a video, so take a look. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So today our message is titled, Exceptional Help, There is Someone Who Wants to Be in Your Corner. And my hope is that we're going to sell you on pressing in and learning more about and inviting more of the Holy Spirit into your life. So before we get started, let's pray. The Holy Spirit, come. We, we turn our attention to you. We invite you to come in. In whatever way you want to come today, God, you're, you're good and you're loving and you're kind and I trust you. So it's okay to say come. Do what you will. I, I pray for you to come and speak to aching hearts. I pray for you to come and speak to hopeful hearts. I pray for you to come and bring freedom and deliverance and, and joy and peace. And... Uh, to move powerfully among us in ways we couldn't have even known to ask for. So I give um, myself, God, and this time um, to you and to your purposes alone, and, and we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus for, from trying to steal anything from it. And so it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about two things out of the 2,000 things that we need to understand about the Holy Spirit. We can only cover two. Um, but the first one is, Holy Spirit empowers us to obey Jesus. Holy Spirit empowers us to obey Jesus. Verses 15 through 17 say, if you love me, keep my commands. This is what Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And then Jesus says, and I'll ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. So one of the most beautiful things we can do to show our love to Jesus, this one who died on the cross for us because we didn't have an answer for our sins, right? The most beautiful thing we can do is, is do what he asks. Do what he says. Obey him. Keep his commandments. And what's amazing to me about Jesus is that he's so gracious and kind, he recognizes when he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And it's like, yeah, you, that probably won't work here. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you. <laughs> I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to help you because I love you, but I know that you can't alone. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be able to manage temptation understand truth, and ensure that Jesus gets that love and that worship that he deserves. And this is why the enemy is working so hard to tempt us, because if he can draw us away from obedience, draw us away from the commands of God, then he knows that he's stealing love and worship from Jesus. That's what he's doing. This work of the enemy began way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, uh, Wow, they had it made, didn't they? they had, it's perfection, yeah? But Satan went to work uh, 
to deceive them in order to disconnect them from God. Now, I would love to sit here with you and read all of Genesis 3, and we could talk about this and analyze this, but I can't. And so this week, write it down, uh, things that I can't talk about that I want you to read on your own, Genesis 3. Okay? See, here it comes. Keep your list going. But I can read Genesis 3, 1. It says, Now the serpent, which is a reference to Satan, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, hmm, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And so what he starts doing in this moment, his deception is to start creating doubt about what God has said. Start causing them to question, is this really the deal, okay? Now, when he sets that up, when he starts deceiving them into questioning and doubting what God said, what it does then is now Adam and Eve start to entertain compromise. Doubt about what God actually says creates behavioral compromise. To compromise means to accept lower standards. Satan didn't have to get them all the way down, yeah? Just this one thing, can I get you to just lower this one standard? God's word has given us the standard, and when we follow the standard, it shows Jesus that we love him. So Satan is gonna keep constantly trying to get us to compromise the standard. But the Holy Spirit, but wait, there's a Holy Spirit. He's here to help us keep that standard high and make sure Jesus gets loved. Have you ever, um, like, so for me, it was a Looney Tunes cartoons. I assume that later cartoons do this as well. I'm much older now. I'm getting older and older. I'm 49, but I feel 85. I'm not sure what that means. But back in the day, there were these cartoons, these Looney Tunes cartoons, and there'd be like a little devil on one shoulder, a little angel on the other. See, good, young people are nodding, bless your souls. Okay, it's not unlike that, that you have these two forces pulling you in different directions, yeah? But it is unlike that in the sense of, it, yes, it is a little devil on this shoulder, but it is a gigantic, all-powerful, omniscient, one and only true God, Holy Spirit over here, okay? Do not be impressed by the size of this dude. He's just loud, I'm going to say that again. He's just loud. He's not this at all. These are not two equal forces fighting each other. Okay. But he's loud. And I acknowledge he's loud in my, he's loud. He's, if I had hand puppets, I would do that. But <clears throat> it's not the time. So some ways he might be talking here or the ways this, that this conversation might work. Maybe you'll hear this little, the little dude over here say, you know what, you've had a hard day here at work. Why don't you just go ahead and take some of that home with you? You don't have to pay for it. You deserve that. You worked hard. You just take that on home. It's okay. It's not stealing. You deserve it. Holy Spirit's like, whoa, wait. That's stealing. Thou shalt not steal. It's one of the big ten. It's pretty obvious. Don't do that. Keep the standard up. Because, you know, we probably could get by with that, right? But it's a compromise. Yeah? And now there's less love for Jesus, which makes me sad. Uh, another one. I had just a couple here I thought of. Um, this little guy over here might say, um, 
you know, uh, everybody's watching that TV show, and it's really powerful. And, and the only reason there's nudity is because of the subject matter. So just go ahead and watch it. it it's just for the, it's for the story. It's important. It doesn't matter that it's full frontal nudity. Go ahead and watch that. It's okay. Everybody's watching that. There's nothing wrong with that. Just watch that. This guy, this big guy over here is like, whoa, careful, careful, right? Careful. Jesus says, um, if you even just look at someone lustfully, you committed adultery with them in their heart. That's lowering the standard. It's a compromise. And what happens then is that Jesus loses worship and love, which isn't great, right? Because remember what he said he did for us? Died so that I didn't have to? I read somewhere this week, uh, you know, we talk about worthy as a lamb who was slain, that that word slain, when it's translated, means slaughtered. So let's not keep that pretty, because it wasn't, all right? That wasn't in my notes, so I gotta keep going, Matt, sorry. Uh, so those are just a couple of examples of ways we might be compromising, ways the devil is trying to talk to us and say, mm, you don't have to, right? Did God really say that? And Holy Spirit will be like, whoa, no, no, no. Let's keep the standard higher. The enemy is going to keep us focused on ourselves and on our flesh and what feels good all day. But the Holy Spirit is going to keep us focused on the things that bring glory to Jesus. I read this recently in Romans 8.5 in the New English Translation. That's the uh, version I'm reading this year. For those who live according to the flesh have their... Outlook shaped by the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their outlook shaped by the things of the Spirit. I felt like that was just so helpful to me. We need to let our outlook be shaped by the Spirit, be driven by the things of God instead of the things of our flesh. When we do that, then we're loving Jesus, we're obeying Jesus, and that's how he gets glorified. I had the Holy Spirit uh, start working on reshaping one of my outlooks a few months ago. I uh, had probably years and years and years of anger building up in me. And uh, it was getting to the point where it felt unmanageable. And by the way, the first step of a 12-step program is that things have gotten unmanageable and you need help beyond yourself. So I actually started coming to celebrate recovery, which is a Christ centered 12-step program that meets here on Monday nights at 6.30, and I'm here every Monday night. Well, at 6 o'clock is dinner. 6.30 starts, starts the meeting. And, and it was good, because it was a good place to say, I can't manage on my own, I need some help. So if, it's a place for hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and, and I have a few, <laughs> just so you know. Full disclosure. But it was in that time as I started saying, okay, God, this isn't manageable. Holy Spirit, I got to stop indulging my flesh because I'm ranting and I'm raving and I'm not doing it publicly, but I'm doing it privately, which is still a lower standard. And I might have had some profanity-laced uh, moments and, and not publicly, but privately, and they're still not pretty and they still don't love Jesus when they're, even if they're when no one else is around, right? So I can't do that. So I have Holy Spirit now trying to reshape my outlook. And I'm learning that my anger was really because I found it all my life easier to be angry than to be broken. So Holy Spirit started reshaping that. I started managing things differently. And at uh, some, one point within that, in the last few months, I felt like the Holy Spirit, um, when I was sitting with my Bible one day, 
Uh, I had other things on my agenda, but Holy Spirit was like, go read the book of Ephesians. So I went to Ephesians, and I got to Ephesians chapter 2, and it says there, uh, you were once children of wrath, but no more. And it cut to my heart, and the Holy Spirit touched me, and it was like, whoa, I can't do this. Because if I'm a child of wrath, that means I'm hanging out with this little dude who didn't die for me. My outlook got reshaped. And now I'm working to sort through my anger so that in my anger, I don't sin. And I keep my standard up. I don't compromise. And the beautiful thing about it is, you know, Jesus calls us to, um, and says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so, like, I work on my anger because I want to glorify Jesus, but I benefit from that. I'm in a way, friends. We don't have time to be pretentious, Matt, do we? I've got to keep it real. I'm in a way better place today than I was a few months ago. Okay? Being obedient glorifies God, gives love to Jesus, and it benefits and betters my own life. You can write this on your handout. When Holy Spirit shapes our outlook... Our lives bring Jesus more love. I kid you not, that was the pastor. Did you hear that? Wow. That was the pastor's watch just went off. <laughs> That's hilarious. When Holy Spirit shapes our outlook, our lives bring Jesus more love and us more peace. When Holy Spirit shapes our outlook, our lives bring Jesus more love and us, more peace. I'm way better now. So uh, where are some areas where your outlook might need reshaped? I, I encourage you from my own experience, let Holy Spirit shape your outlook. Let him come into your life that way. Okay. So that was the first of two things out of really probably 2,000 things we should be talking about, about the Holy Spirit, but we don't have time. Uh, and it was that Holy Spirit empowers us to obey Jesus. The second thing today that we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that Holy Spirit advocates for us. Holy Spirit advocates for us. Verse 26 says, but the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So that word advocate in the Greek is parakaletos. The para means close beside. And kaleo means make a call. So the concept when they would use this word in the Greek was a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because they're close enough to the situation. God is not distant from us and from what's going on. So Holy Spirit's our advocate, and Jesus says he's going to teach us. He's going to remind us of the words of Jesus, and the other thing he's going to do is guide us into all truth. John 16, 13 says, <clears throat> but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And I don't know about you all, 
but there's so much going on. I, would, I just want somebody to guide me into what the truth is on any given day, right? Well, and we've already established Satan over here is a liar, and he's working against us. So you have somebody who the truth is not in. That's where we started, right? He's the father of lies. The truth is not in him. Now we have the spirit of truth who can guide us into all the truth. That's amazing. Holy Spirit helps us sort out the lies and deceit of the enemy so that we can stay connected to Jesus. And Jesus told us he is the way, the truth, and the life. So the spirit of truth is going to keep us connected to the truth. He's going to advocate and make sure we're connected to the truth of God rather than sucked in by the lies of the enemy. Revelation 12.10 refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren. Lies, deceptions, accusations, he constantly uses them to keep us separate from God. Some of the ways Satan might deceive us I stand over here because that's where the little guy is. Mm, yeah. That, that's too bad. Jesus, God's not going to forgive that. Don't tell anybody about that. God will not forgive that. That's too bad. He won't do that. that that's awful. You're, you're terrible. You're worthless. Or maybe you, you might hear the enemy say, oh, you prayed for that and it wasn't answered. You didn't get that. God doesn't love you. God's not even listening. God's not paying attention. He's not here. He's not real. He's not good. You're not worth him answering. You're worthless. You're terrible. You're a failure. Just constant lie and accusation against us over and over and over again. He uses fear, anxiety, doubt, because the truth is sometimes I have failed. But what would Jesus say about that? Not the enemy. I want to hear what Jesus has to say about my failure. Yeah? Mindsets like this disconnect us from God. But, wait, we have an advocate, right? We have an advocate. He's helping us against those accusations of the enemy. And I have in my notes here, hallelujah. What a saint. I recently had to have an, a telephone conference call court hearing. Anybody else stressed by me just saying that? <clears throat> Regarding my unemployment from a year and a half ago, which, spoiler alert, it all worked out. But I wasn't really excited about this, yeah? And so the day before, an HR person contacted me and said, Dawn, we're aware of your situation, we know the truth about everything, we understand, and we're going to be there to speak on your behalf. And I can tell you that 22 minutes into the questioning, all I could think of was, thank God the advocates are going to bail me out here because I got nothing more to say. Because they're accusations. we got to figure out, are you good or are you bad? And when it's the enemy, it's all bad. Oh, gosh, it was so good to have an advocate to stand up for me. When I was thinking about this, how the enemy can really just like throw these accusations against us that kind of pin us down and keep us stuck, I was thinking about um, the disciple Peter. You know, he was pretty bold when he was walking with Jesus, right? Strutting his stuff. I got it. I'm going to go with you to death, right? And then as soon as Jesus gets arrested, Peter's gone. And then when he does show up, he denies he even knows Jesus. 
three times. And Jesus had predicted that that would happen. What was going on in his head? What kind of conversation was this little guy having with Peter during those days? Right? Well, you failed. You're worthless. That was nothing. What a waste of three years. You let him down. He's never going to want to see you again. I can't imagine. And we do have, and I would love to talk about it, but I don't have time today, so it's on my list of things. Um, it's going to come up on the screen. Things Dawn would like to talk about, but she can't. John 21. Oh, maybe it's not on there. John 21. You can write that down. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to reinstate Peter. If you go to John 21, there'll be this part where it says, Jesus reinstates Peter, and he's going to tell him, feed my sheep, keep doing it. I still want to use you, right? But nothing really changes for Peter till the Holy Spirit shows up. And here it's going to come, the two things I can't talk about. Acts chapter 2, which is when the Holy Spirit shows up, and it's the day of Pentecost. Tongues of fire, tongues of fire, go read it. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. I can't talk about that, but I'd love to. And Peter starts preaching. Acts chapter 3, I would really like to talk about this, but I can't. It, what, but what's happening is Peter and another disciple, John, supernaturally heal a man through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I can't talk about that. I'd love to. But Acts chapter 4, yes, we have time for. Acts chapter 4, the religious leaders have found out that Peter and John have healed this man. And they're mad about it. And so they have them arrested, and they bring them in for questioning. Now, keep in mind, these religious leaders that are questioning them now, likely the same religious leaders that had Jesus arrested and crucified and killed, okay? So now they are standing before them, and the religious leaders are questioning them, and they say you know, to them, what power, by what power did you do this? By what power did you do this healing work? And this is how Peter responds. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, exclamation point. Yeah? This isn't a quiet moment. Okay? Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God has raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So the very person who, you know, approximately six weeks-ish ago, couldn't even say he knew Jesus, now is making sure, I want you to know it's Jesus, and just in case you're confused, it's the Jesus from Nazareth, the guy you killed, that's the guy, that's who helped us do this. It's completely shifted because the Holy Spirit came, the advocate, the one who led Peter into all truth, who probably said, Peter, there's two ways this plays out. You hide about Jesus till you die and you're miserable the whole time, or you go all in and serve until they, they'll probably kill you anyway, which they do. That's what's before him. And Peter's like, I'm convinced he's the Christ. I'm going. Kill me or not. There's a little bit of a how you like me now feel to it. Here I am. What you gonna do about it? I'm not, he's, he's not afraid because he has the Holy Spirit. The result is amazing. Peter now has courage and victory and victory in a place that was previously fear and defeat. And it's all because of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit came in and, and pulled up that root, set him on a course of truth. When I was in my early 30s, I uh, was really, really pursuing learning more about the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I'd known about the Holy Spirit since I was a little girl and I'd been saved, but I just felt like I just had a very cursory knowledge of it. So I went to a conference at a vineyard in Grand Rapids and I went there with an agenda. Ever go with an agenda and God's like, say what? Like, so I went there with an agenda, the things I wanted to learn, the things I wanted to get and receive from the Holy Spirit. And I was at the worship time and I'm like, mm, this is such a beautiful worship time. Oh, it's so lovely, Jesus. You know, like, Holy Spirit, what are you going to do? And he said, I wrote it down because this is what he said. He said, I'm going to wrestle the shame out of you. Uh, which wasn't on my list. <clears throat> but as soon as he said it, I knew, what, I knew why and I knew what. Because from the time I was a very little, little girl, my earliest memory was of getting in trouble. So all my life, I could receive Jesus, I could get healing from, you know, forgiveness from Jesus, but there was this place in me, there was this wall, he'll never really want me and love me as much as somebody else because I've been bad. And I sh I'm ashamed of myself I'm, the whole time. And Holy Spirit couldn't keep me there because that's agreeing with this guy, right? So, um, so what that looked like, <laughs> remember, remember earlier I told you the story that I was sitting with my Bible in, in a quiet, peaceful place and the Holy Spirit convicted me through the word of God, remember that? Um, well, this time what happened was the Holy Spirit came on me during a ministry time and I started crying. And I started crying even harder and harder to where I was um, like shaking, crying. And then I started um, dry heaving. This is my story. I just, I'm just telling my story. Started dry heaving. I couldn't sing it up anymore. So I laid down on the floor and I cried and I sobbed and I shook and I, dry, I was dry heaving and I was praying silently, not saying anything out loud. And some ladies from the prayer team from that church came and stood around me and they weren't praying out loud. They were just, um, had their hands on me. But what was happening was an inner dialogue between myself and the Lord. And every time the Lord would say, I want you to give that to me, I would raise a protest. And then one of the ladies out of nowhere would say a sentence that was the answer to that question. They had no way of knowing because I wasn't saying my things out loud. And so all of us, the Holy Spirit, myself and these ladies, um, did this for about 20 minutes until all the questions got answered. All my protests were rebuked and I uh, sat up and I turned around and I blew my nose and I told them thanks for praying all the things hit everything Jesus and I and Holy Spirit and Father God and I were talking about and I got up off the floor and I never felt that shame again not once and it was lifelong friends it had been a lifelong thing and so I share that because um, what had happened was the enemy had gotten a root and a lie, and it was keeping me captive, even though I knew Jesus. But I was coming to the light. I was coming to the Holy Spirit, letting him lead me into all the truth, is what the scripture said there, all the truth, okay? You can write this on your handout. Holy Spirit breaks the bondage of our deceitful enemy and connects us to the ways of our loving Lord. Holy Spirit breaks the bondage of our deceitful enemy and connects us to the ways of our loving Lord. So, you know, I, I, 
I just told you that story, and I'm sure that some of you are thinking, what? Wait, how? Uh, me too. I don't know. <laughs> I wish there was some really um, tangible and logical explanation for that. But he's the Holy Spirit of God, and he's mysterious, and he can do whatever he wants. And sometimes he does it when you're reading a scripture, and sometimes it's when you're sobbing, and sometimes it's in an instant. I can't explain him, but um, it's been funny to me all week because the message title is, uh, There's Someone in Your Corner. And all I could think of all week, and some of you are going to get this, is nobody puts baby in a corner, <laughs> right? It's a quote from Dirty Dancing. I'm not recommending the movie, but it's a common pop culture thing. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody puts Holy Spirit in a corner, and we're not doing that today. Matt and I have decided, no, we cannot do that because we need him here because there's lifelong lies you've been believing in, and today's the day. Let's get it done. You know, There's places of compromise that we've been ignoring, and today's the day. Like, Let's get that done. Let's get him in here to do what he will. So the, um, so the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come up and the worship team. They're coming together <laughs> down the aisle. I'm all revved up, sorry. Because <laughs> we're going to spend some time worshiping. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.